the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights. Thank you so much for joining us again. And we appreciate what you're doing, what you're learning. We try to give you God's best. If you want God's best, you must invest. And so we're going to give you God's word as always. I want to talk to you about what Diane and I, we do. You know, we used to do marriage ministry and uh, that was for a season. And now we're in a different kind of ministry. Uh, The title of today's lesson is going to be Who Has Warned You? Talking about John the Baptist. That's taken from Matthew 3. I'll read you the scripture. But when John saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And you know, now, Diane and I, our ministry focus has changed a bit. It seems we're constantly warning people about what's going on in America, both uh, in the civil arena and in the uh, spiritual arena. And, you know, we've got a background in politics, very light background. We were precinct judges, election judges, precinct chairman for about 12 to 15 years. And so we know a bit how the process works. We've taught classes on the Constitution. We have a class which we do now at West Houston Christian Center. It's called Patriots for Christ. Just reconnecting the Christians with the foundation of the Christian foundation of our nation, just so that we can be better citizens, that we can continue to let people know that, hey, this is God's America, even though it may not look like that now. America is still a Christian nation, not by based on the way that we act, but it's based on the foundation. And it's like if you bought a Ford vehicle, that's a Ford. You can go ahead and put aftermarket Chevy rims on it. You can put aftermarket Dodge horns on it. You can add to the engine. It will always be a Ford. That's just the makeup of the model. The makeup of the model for America is the Bible. It's a Christian foundation based on biblical truths. But over the years, our ministry has kind of evolved into the point where now God's using us in the body to kind of warn them of the danger and the pitfalls that are so prevalent living in today's 2020 America. I mean, they're all over the place, the dangers, the pitfalls, the traps, the deceptions, and you need people to warn you. And that's what we're doing. It's not a very pleasant ministry. It's the dark side of Scripture, if I may. It's the ugly side of Scripture. But it's stuff that we need. And, you know, just like many people, they study the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and they are currently warning America as we're experiencing this assault upon our freedoms through the excuses of the coronavirus, through the exaggerated the narrative that's being expanded to make this uh, murder by the policeman up in uh, Minnesota against that Mr. Floyd, I believe his name was. They're exaggerating that to show that that's a pandemic type of situation when nothing could be further from the truth. And 
just as we have people who are defending the Constitution and they uh, are referring to the foundation, to the writing of the Constitution, so too are there people defending the church and trying to keep the church from falling. Uh, how did I write it? I wrote it like this. Uh, they're warning America so as not to lose our nation to demonic control. In addition to doing that, Diane and I do that. We also talk about warning the church so as not to lose the people of God so that we don't lose our souls to Satan. And that that's so important. You know, on the one hand, America is about to lose control of our nation from the Constitution. The Constitution has been abused. Well, on the other hand, our nation is also rejecting the Bible in great measure. And both our nation and the church is suffering great defeats because we have left off the principles, A, in the Constitution and B, in the principles of the Bible. And so we talk about this. We let you know what's happening. We let you know why it's happening. We'll let you know that, hey, there's a pothole up ahead. Hey, man, you can't go there. That's a detour. Don't do that. And that's what we try to do. And I love this. The founders, they wrote the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and they warned us within those documents what would happen if we ever left off the principles recorded in those documents. And it works the same way in the Bible. God had the writers in the Bible announce those same warnings. For instance, uh, concerning the America, uh, Thomas Jefferson, one of the founders, he goes, and can the liberties of a nation be thought to be secure when we have removed their only firm basis? What's that firm basis, Ron? That firm basis is a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but only by his wrath. God can violate them, but man cannot violate them. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Ouch. Thomas Jefferson writing about the fact that if we start messing with these liberties, which God gave us, the government didn't give it to us. The Constitution guarantees them, but the government is the protector of them. Once the government becomes the aggressor, a tyrannical aggressor where we are losing these uh, liberties, then we're under the judgment of God, according to Thomas Jefferson. And he goes... I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. And he's got it right. And he wrote this 250 years ago. There are others that wrote about it. Uh, Benjamin Rush wrote about the fact that we needed to get the medical community under the Constitution in some way because they would have unlimited power to go ahead and one another to do exactly what they're doing. Uh, the government is not in charge of our nation. They're not making the dictates. They're not telling us what we can do, where we can go, when we can go to work, uh, what we have to do. No, no, no. The medical community, the bureaucrats, the administrators, they're the ones that are telling us. Nobody saw that coming. And uh, yet that's what's happening to us. But we don't want you to be surprised. As Christians, we have a mandate from God to watch over our brothers. I firmly believe I am my brother's keeper. The warnings that we give you include really some very worrisome absolutes, such as the truths in the Bible that we were going to lose many because of false teaching, that many would fall to destructive heresies. Those warnings should include that many would build their faith on houses of sand instead of the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. We would lose them also. Many would not stand up to the persecution, the tribulation, and the affliction. And because of those, we were going to lose more people. It's not good news at all, but these are absolutes in the Bible. It's not maybe if these are truth. This will happen. All of this is taking place now during what's termed as the great apostasy. And once again, I would rather not have that be true or have to say, hey man, 
we're in perilous times, and it's not because of uh, global warming or uh, communism. We're in perilous times because people, people are going to be evil, and those are the dangers that we face. And so these biblical truths, they're ugly. They don't make us feel good when we talk about them. But that's our current assignment, and we will do it in his strength and for his glory. Back to the scripture, Matthew 3, 7, John the Baptist. I love John. Notice the tact and the sensitivity with which John presents the gospel. But when John saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath that was to come? And, you know, that's John. You know, it's a heck of a way to preach the gospel. But that, that's what he did. And the warning that came to the people who went to his baptism, that was the warning from the Holy Spirit of God. It's called conviction. It's when the Holy Spirit tells you that you're sinning, that you're out of the will of God, that you're missing the mark, that you're violating the word of God. The Holy Spirit does that, and he does it to your heart. And he lets you know that your spirit is dead to the things of God. And the gospel preaches that your spirit does not have to remain dead because of what Christ has done. Your sins have been washed, you're forgiven. You just need to repent, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then you will be fleeing from the wrath that is to come. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much more desirable than fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by the statutes of the Lord, by the commandments of the Lord, by the word of God is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Basically, what the writer of Psalms is saying is that it's the word of God that provides these warnings to you. Now, if you're not reading the word of God, or like some, you don't believe the word of God, or you've hardened your heart toward the word of God, you will need prophets, you will need watchmen on the wall, you will need preachers to tell you the truth about the danger that's coming. Understand something. The tribulation, that's a seven-year period when God's judgment's going to be on the earth towards Israel and those that have rejected him. And you need to be warned. That's coming. That's very close. We're experiencing something like that right now. But that's a reality that's in the Bible, and it's a dangerous time. It's a perilous time in which to live, and there's no coming back from the tribulation. You know, we talk about the second coming of Christ. We talk about the return of Christ. You do not want to be here when he comes back. He is coming back in judgment. The first time he came, he came as a sacrificial lamb. When he comes back, he's coming back as a lion, as a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming back as judge. Mm. John 3.36, he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. You have a choice to make, and you have to make it before you leave this earth. You will either have the life of the Son living inside you, or you will have the wrath of God upon you. The choice is very clear. You either accept Jesus or you reject Jesus. Both of those choices have eternal consequences. You can live under the wrath of God in the lake of fire forever. That's (laughs) no Or you can accept Christ, recognize you're a sinner, recognize your need for a Savior, repent of those sins, ask him into your heart. He'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit of God. He'll give you life, power. Your spirit will no longer be dead. It will be alive unto the things of God, and you'll live with him and the rest of us in eternity forever. That's your choice. That's why John says, who's warned you to flee from the wrath that's about to come? Jeremiah 6.10, to whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. 
Jeremiah, he was called the weeping prophet. And look what he had to face, man. He dealt with the rebellious people that didn't want to have anything to do with God. Israel, they rejected God. They had no ear to hear the word of God. The word of the Lord unto them was a reproach. They had no delight in it. Unfortunately, in America today, that's the case with so many people. We've heard the gospel up and down. We've got a church on every corner. And yet, look at what's happening in our nation. We are rejecting him wholesale across the board. The church is in the corner, quietly sitting there while we wait for the world to tell us the government, the the ungodly government, the ungodly uh, health administration, that we can go back to work, that we can go back to church, that we, we can begin to lay hands on the sick again. We can go back to having communion. You know, the church, we have a voice, but that voice is missing. And so our voice is to warn you what the Bible says about these last days. And that's what we will continue to do because we love you. Truth be told, I don't know you, but it's because I love God. And because I love God, I'm able to love you unconditionally. And love always speaks the truth. It's how we grow. It's how we get to go from A to B in our walk with the Lord. It's how we progress in our lives. It's how we become mature in the things of God. Let me read that to you again, Jeremiah six ten and 11 in a different translation. To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. No wonder he was called the weeping prophet. He knew what awaited them. He knew what a life that rejected God would bring them. He knew the suffering that they would have, but he also knew the promises that God had a hope for them and he had a vision for them. He had a home for them. He had a future for them that was full of blessing. It was full of rewards. And yet he knew that they were rejecting this and they were missing out on God's very best for their lives. That's why he was called the weeping prophet. He had a heart for God. I believe that weeping prophet was a manifestation of the heart of God, that God's heart was touched with them too because he knew what was happening to them. So once more, we see God's warning his children. And what is their response? They've got no delight in his word. His word is offensive to them. The only thing then that's left to God is to bring judgment down upon them and to punish them. You know, that's, that's terrible. Go back to Matthew 3, John the Baptist, he was warning the religious folk of the day. Notice that. Remember? Who did he say? He said, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these weren't the Gentiles who didn't know anything about God. This wasn't the pagan world. He was talking to the religious people, the people who were supposed to be leading the people, the Jews, into the truth. Um, Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. He was supposed to be leading them into the mandates of God, and they weren't doing it. And he called them, why did he call them a generation of vipers? Unfortunately, we've got the same problem today. People who are standing in pulpits are not giving people the warnings. They're not giving them the truth. Who's warning them to flee? But the wrath is surely about to come very soon. So you go back to Matthew 3 and you see where John's warning them. And he says, who's warning you to flee from the wrath that's to come? Now, I found three types of wrath in the Bible. Well, I mean, three uh, entities that have wrath. There's several more types of wrath. There's different types of wrath. But as far as the wrath that's delivered and who it's delivered from, there's three types. First, Revelation 6, 16 and 17. And the people, they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. The rocks are falling, the mountains are moving, and these people who have rejected God, they know it's the wrath of the Lamb. 
That that astounds me. They even knew it was the lamb. They knew it was his wrath. And they're still, they're praying to their gods. Remember, the humanists, they worship the earth. And what are they doing? They're praying to the mountains and the rocks. They're looking for help from the mountains and the rocks. Sorry. The help that they need, the help that they can only get is coming from the wrath of the lamb. The lamb himself. But now they're under the wrath of the lamb because of their ongoing rejection of him. For the great day of his wrath is come. And who's able to stand? So we see there's the wrath of the Lamb. You don't want to get under that. That's where they start opening the seals. Revelation 12, 2. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in the heavens. Why? Because the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. Why? For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. So we see that the devil has a wrath also. So in Revelation 6, they're under the wrath of the Lamb, not good. In Revelation 12, they're about to get the wrath of the devil. That's not good either. And then, of course, the third one, the most popular one, God's wrath. And there are several different aspects to God's wrath. I'm not going to go into them. But in Romans 1.18, look at this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, or another translation, who suppress the truth. The people that are uh, twisting the truth, keeping it from being made known, suppressing the truth. They're holding it. They have it, but they're holding it in unrighteousness. They don't deem it as righteous. They don't think it's necessary for the world. Those people are going to experience the wrath of God up close and personal. Ephesians 5, 6, let no man deceive you with vain words for because of these things, talking about uh, unholy living, The wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. You know, and that's why this stuff is written. We read in Psalm 19 that the word of God warns you in itself. Just read the Bible. It's full of blessings. Somebody spoke on a scripture the other day. What is God? God is angry with the wicked every day. You don't hear sermons on that. But God is angry with the wicked every day. The Bible is full of warnings where God is angry with the wicked. People say, well, God loves everybody. That's false. No, he doesn't. Psalm 5, 5. The Lord hates the workers of iniquity. Yes, God hates people. He hates those who work iniquity. Here we see that God's anger is every day. It's daily. He has daily anger for the people that get up and they reject them and they cause wickedness to be promoted throughout the land. Uh, God's wrath, Revelation 16, 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of wrath of God upon the earth. Whew. You know, that's why we do this. I know what the wrath of God is. I read the book. He wrote down what that wrath would look like in the book of Revelation. Plus you have hints about it in other places. Or you can go back and you can look. What do you think destroyed Noah? It was the wrath of God. What do you think destroyed all the people on the earth except the eight people in Noah? It was the wrath of God. Why did he do that? He wanted to warn us. He wanted to warn us. This is what happens when a society rejects me. It became a wicked society, a godless society. They worship everything. They live the way they wanted to. God gave them over to reprobate minds. He picked out eight people. Noah and his family, because Noah was righteous in the eyes of God, and he went ahead and he replenished the earth with Noah. And that's a warning for us. And yet, if you look at us, we're heading downhill. We're fast-tracking towards hell. Uh, It seems everything that's going on is taking us further and further and further away from righteousness. And now, you know, Satan... This is not his first rodeo. He knows what he's doing. And he's got us tricked. He's got us quiet. He's got us silent. But we have got to be warning people. 
Paul's warning against the false doctrines of his day, Acts 20, 29 through 31. For I know this, says Paul, that after I die, after I leave, grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. So he's telling people in the church, there's going to be wolves in your church. Verse 30, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Not only will false teachers rise in the church within you, but they will be some of your own selves. And you're going to be taking people out of God's place of safety, and you're going to make them followers of yourselves. You're going to be speaking perverse things, and you're going to draw away these people. You know, we need to warn these people. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. He was warning people for three years what was going to happen to the church. Diane and I, we're just getting started in this. Revelation 7, 8. This is what happened when you reject the warnings of God. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Thank you, Jesus. But to the fearful and the unbelieving, to the abominable and the murderers, to the whoremongers and the sorcerers, to the idolaters and all liars. They all shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, and that's the second death. That's what we are warning you to avoid. And I don't understand why we don't do a better job about that. I mean, as you watch America fall, as you watch the church brought to its knees, these things are happening, and yet I don't see the warnings taking place. We're still talking about prosperity. We're talking about things that are lightweight. The scripture, and I love the scripture, and Diane and I, we use this as kind of a um, an impetus for our ministry. It's found in the book of Matthew 24. Matthew 24, a very prophetic chapter, and it's when Jesus is answering the questions about the disciples when he was coming back. Matthew 24, verses 45 and 46. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his house to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. It's interesting because he says, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household? Diane and I. Okay, we have a Bible study. We consider ourselves to be the leaders in that Bible study. Uh, We teach a Patriots for Christ class. We consider ourselves to be leaders. And actually, we've created all these things. So I guess we would be considered the leaders over it. Then we have the people that work for us. Then we have our sphere of influence. And we're, we're leaders. We're no better than anybody else, no worse than anybody else. We don't exalt ourselves. We know who we are. And yet God has given us a people. He's given us a sphere of influence that we can impact with truth. But I love this. Whom his Lord has made ruler over his household. That's fine. To give them meat in due season. Notice that. There are seasons. Seasons come and go. They change. And yet God has required faithful and wise servants to have meat prepared for his household in the proper season. I love this. He doesn't say to have milk. Remember, milk is for the baby Christian. Milk is for the Christian that isn't growing. Milk is for the young people in the Lord. And yet God says, I'm not talking about giving them milk in the due season. I'm talking about giving them meat. They need the meat of the word. America, right now, we are in a challenging situation. And the due season that we're living in is different than it was last year. It's a totally new dynamic in America today. And there's a due season. Well, God says, hey, if you are a faithful 
And if you are a wise servant, I've got something new on the menu. I want you to feed these people meat. Milk of the word is not going to get you over during this pandemic. Milk of the word is not going to get you past this increased, exaggerated narrative of racism in America. We got four more months till the election. We've got a whole bunch more stuff coming down the pike. The milk of the word is not going to get you over. You need the meat of the word. You need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You need to know that God has placed you in this earth and this earth is not worthy that you should walk upon it. You need to know that you are above and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. You need to know that God has caused all grace to abound to you, that you have all sufficiency in all things, that you're supposed to be abounding to every good work. You need to know that God has given you might and power and dominion over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. You need to know that greater is the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in you than he that is in the world. You need to know that the spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to give recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to know that. That is the meat that the word of God has to be given and served to the people of God. Well, I'm out of time. That went quickly. But I want you to know we're warning you because we love God. Because we love God, we love you. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. I'm Ron Gary. These are End Time Insights. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.